millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. Tim Peel fired, I guess, by the National Hockey League. How about that? The NHL announcing this morning that he will no longer officiate games. He was supposed to retire in April. I mean, come on. So he got caught on an open mic admitting the, an even-up call? I'm blown away by the reaction We've known since we started playing the game and working in the game that this happens. And furthermore, we don't even have a problem with it. This is the Rod Peterson Show. It certainly is. Welcome, Canada, to your favorite sports talk show and to Canadian sports fans around the world. It feels like the Tim Peel stuff is so yesterday. Yeah. Moose DuPont. Although his his name may come up. How you doing? I'm doing well. Branded anybody yet? Not yet. But though the lineup is getting long. We do have a video coming (laughs) that you may enjoy. This is the warm-up of the program, everybody. The fastest two hours in sports talk in Canada is right here, coming to you from the bunker in Western Canada. On the program today, uh, a lot of hockey guys. Dave Poulin from TSN. Bruins great. Flyers great. Uh, Les Lazruck, the voice of the Saskatoon Blades, will be with us to talk dub hub and more hockey. And the president of the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, Bill Chow, as they continue to be in the news, canceling their season and uh, obviously not going over well with a lot of folks. And Bill's going to explain what went into that decision and maybe other Junior A news. Okay, but first, let's hit the quick six show topics, please. Director Jordan. Who must be having a bad hair day, by the way, Director Jordan. He's got the trucker hat snuck right down. I saw that. I caught him, he says. You caught me. Uh, these are show topics of importance to me, okay? And you're not going to believe what number one is. It's NBA trade deadline day today. Did you know that? Did you notice? Of course you knew that. Of course. Listen, all the talk about Kyle Lowry and everything, I understand his value and what a commodity he is. I didn't know he's the top, the top prize available before the deadline today. That's how, like, I'm a fan. I'm not an expert of the NBA. So I went and you might want to know this because you mentioned that you're not, NBA is not your number one. No, it's not. So anyways, here's, this is a couple paragraphs from the Canadian press. Kyle Lowry's perhaps the top potential prize on the trade market going into deadline day today, which means Wednesday's win over Denver might have been his last in a Raptors uniform. Houston's Victor Oladipo could be another big-name trade candidate along with Orlando's Aaron Gordon and New Orleans guards Lonzo Ball and J.J. Redick. And that doesn't even include San Antonio's LaMarcus Aldridge and Cleveland's Andre Drummond, players who seem destined for buyouts if their big contracts don't get moved. 
Today happens to be Kyle Lowry's 35th birthday, by the way. But he's telling people he's turning 30 again. Deals must be agreed to and reported to the league by 3 p.m. Eastern. It may be several more hours after that deadline before things are finalized. The NBA holds what are known as trade calls with the teams involved to ensure that all the financial matters fit within league rules, and there's often a backlog of those on trade deadline day. So anyways, does Lowry remain a Raptor pass today or not? Everybody's suggesting he's going to be gone, and that brought up our poll question today. I did a little number crunching here. You weren't part of this conversation between Clark and I, Producer Clark. The poll question is, for Capital Auto Mall Universal Collision Center, who is the greatest Raptor of all time? Now, if I told you that I looked it up, who do you think is the all-time leader in Raptors games played and points? It shocked me. Was it Lowry? No. I was going to say somebody like Chris Bosh. No. Okay. And it's, it's, it's okay because it shocked me. Yeah. Nobody around here got it either. I think you've got to be a hardcore Raptors aficionado to get it. It's DeMar DeRozan. Whoa. It's DeMar DeRozan's played the most games in Raptors history. He scored the most points. He owns just about every record in Raptors history. I voted for Vince Carter, too. I would, too. As did the majority on Facebook. 58% leading. Barely anybody's voted for DeMar DeRozan. Why? Because he was somewhat disgruntled and got traded away, which led to them winning a championship. And Kawhi Leonard was only there for a day. A year, and they won a championship. But I think Chris Bosh is up there in the top five in scoring. But I'm just saying, if they had a Raptors day in Toronto when they brought back, had your choice of either Kawhi Leonard or Chris Bosh, who's going to create the bigger splash? Who's, who's going to have the longer lineup to get a picture with him? Right. Kawhi Leonard. Oh, yeah. Chris Bosh was hurt all the time. I know. And you, and you start thinking about who was part of the success and put you on the map, right? And, yeah. and Kyle Lowry, Kawhi Leonard won a championship. DeMar DeRozan didn't and he would and he left before the success happened Vince Carter put the Raptors on the map with with you know his antics and the slam dunk competition and all of those things so he was winning in his own way and and got the team into the playoffs but you know so even though there was no championship Vince Carter still you know deemed part of a successful part of Raptors history it's it's interesting really interesting but then the one thing as I was reading Rachel's article that she wrote on the Raptors on rodpeterson.com, how she said that Lowry's embraced Toronto more than any of those other stars. There you go. So that's part of it. How about that? Interesting. What are your, what are your yard that. markers for, for franchise greats? Nice one, guys. So anyways, that's point one. I'm, I'm into it. I'm not the biggest Raptors guy or NBA, but hey, I, I don't dislike it. Today's a big day. Point two. Um, I teased this this morning that we would announce the teams. I got a tip late last night from a hockey guy that the BC Hockey League is breaking off from Hockey Canada, forming their own association, and there are a handful of Alberta teams from the Alberta Junior Hockey League that are going to go with them. And it was huge news, ground-shaking news in Junior A. So these are the teams, I'm told, plan to leave the Alberta Junior Hockey League and go play in the BC Hockey League. They are Brooks... Okotoks, Grand Prairie, and Spruce Grove. Let me say it again. Brooks, Okotoks, Spruce Grove, and Grand Prairie. And it was a representative of one of those teams that told me. Like literal horse's mouth stuff here. Now, I have a cousin that plays in that league. I'm not going to say which team. But I called his aunt this morning, and I, we chatted. And she goes, well, those are four of the best teams in the AJ. Yeah, she knows. She played hockey, does play hockey. And uh, so here's the thing. From my read on this, because I'm not 
I'm more of an SJ guy, as you all know, and a dub guy. I don't really know what's going on out in BC Hockey League, although it's always been kind of regarded that they're the best junior A league in the country. And they're kind of tired of, uh, they're not having it anymore. And what it was told to me is they want to rival the USHL or the NA, North American Hockey League, and this is their way of doing it. They want better competition. They feel they're losing players to those other leagues. So there's more to this. I don't expect any formal announcement from uh, Hockey Canada nor these leagues uh, imminently. But this is the talk. And another tip that I got was that they were, hey, this was supposed to wait till the summer. But it's happening now. So big news. And that's interesting. You put it in the perspective, right? Because I think the first reaction when you when you see your report on Twitter last night is that it's COVID related, right? Because it's so hot on the heels of the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League canceling their season that you think they're doing this so that they can play in a different way and do all these different things. But it's it's very interesting to see this this developing and uh, to see where this goes. The one thing to consider, I mean. They still ride the bus in those leagues, so travel is what it is. Um, but the world's getting so much smaller, then travel's becoming easier to do. They did try and put a North American Hockey League team in Dawson Creek when I was up there. It didn't last very long. It became cumbersome to get up there and, and all of those things. But I, I think it's tremendously interesting to follow this this development. Saying it again, Brooks, Okotoks, Spruce Grove, and Grand Prairie rumored to be leaving the Alberta Junior Hockey League and heading to the BC Hockey League. Brett Kozak writes this from the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. He's an original Manitoba guy. He says, love the hoodie, Rod. Thank you. This is team issued from the SJ. It's a bunny hug, Cozy. I just got to tell you that. It's a bunny hug. You know, you, you know that. You've been here long enough. His mom went to high school with Vegas Golden Knights color man Shane Knighty. It's a hockey thing. Six degrees. It's a prairie thing. Prairie hockey thing. Okay, moving on to Wednesday's NHL leftovers. Ah, A few things. These aren't your dad's jets. They are not the good but not good enough Winnipeg Jets anymore. They're great. And they are in the conversation to come out of the Canadian division and move on in the Stanley Cup playoffs. These aren't your dad's jets, okay? How about that? Mm-hmm. But, sadly, these aren't your Calgary Flames, your dad's Calgary Flames either. My dad's Flames, from that era, were ass kickers, right? Joel Otto, Mike Vernon, Lanny McDonald. Not this bunch. How many now have they lost against Ottawa this year? Is it four five. of six, five of seven? They just can't get out of their own way. It's the worst team in the division. The Flames can't beat them. I understand the whole some teams have your number thing, but come on, guys. I'm not going to bang on them any more than that. But when, you know, what, what this tells you is you change the head coach and the problems remain. These aren't minor tweaks in your game that are needed. This, these are deep, deep problems that the Calgary Flames have. Frankly, I think a lot of us feel we know what they are. Moving on. Is it time to blow up the Vancouver Canucks? I saw Canucks Twitter last night. They feel that it is, Darren. And what is blowing it up? It's trading off your big pieces and starting over again. I'm not saying it's time. I'm asking, is it time? What do you think? I don't know. (laughs) It's It's not your team, right? It's not my team, so it becomes really tough. But you know what? If you're not great... 
you need to be great. And in all sports right now, we are in this world of if you're not upper, upper tier one, you don't really have a shot. I mean, you do have a shot, but it's rare that we see teams now really going on a, on a crazy run um, and, and shocking people. So, you know what? It's probably time to blow it up. I think so. I guess, you know what? Let's see how the uh, season ends, right? Yeah. And maybe if there's some trade value here, the trade deadline's coming up in a few weeks. Maybe you sell off those pieces and it is time. Do you start firing coaches and GMs in Vancouver? Listen, you are where you are. You can't compete with the Winnipeg Jets or the Oilers or these teams that are handing you your lunch. It's terrible, but here's where we are. Jeff, the Stamps fan, says uh, the Flames of the mid to late 80s, nothing but a memory from long ago. Nothing has been as good since. Ask yourself what's gone on since. What's the common denominator with the Calgary Flames since? And there you might find your answer. And it's very hard to clean up a bad culture. If it was easy, every team would do it. The Edmonton Oilers seem to have cracked that. It's looking that way. Brought in a solid GM, Ken Holland. Brought in a no-nonsense coach in Dave Tippett. And that's not to say Todd McClellan was a nonsense coach or Ralph Kruger or Pat Quinn or Dallas Eakins. You know what I mean? But what they're doing in Edmonton seems to straighten the ship there. Calgary has not figured that out yet. And maybe they will under Dale. Maybe they won't. But again, I think we know what the problem is there. Allie Hicks writes in, says, hello to everyone from Sherwood Park, Alberta. Why not? The home of Sam Steele. Bulls clubs watching. George on YouTube says, Uncle Chevy's go Jets go. He says, these are Uncle Chevy's Jets. When, when, when does Kevin Dayoff start getting more credit for the job he's done there? And I'm sorry, I went on a Winnipeg show the other day. No, it was here that I called him Ken Dayoff. That's his brother. Big time SAS party MLA. He doesn't hate the pub. No, but no, he loved it. <laughs> I talked to Ken Dayoff. He's like, I don't, mix us up all you want. And if they mix up our paychecks from time to time, that would be great too. That was from Ken Dayoff. Uh, what else? Oh, I said Ryan Miller. Feel shame to see him try and play the dump in last night and got it by him. And the Wilds scored the game winner in mini is the Wilds, I think, sixth straight win at home. And the other one, I'll just say this. Firing a ref for doing nothing wrong is not integrity. And I might have not have worded that properly. And God knows I went on this long enough. We all did yesterday. But for the NHL to say we have to let Tim Peel go because we need to preserve the integrity of the game. Covering up the fact that makeup calls are part of the way the game is played and officiated, just covering it up, that's not integrity. So the only way that you're going to uh, fix this is go into the game and the way it's officiated and change the way it's been officiated for 100-plus games. But to turn your back, that doesn't happen. But it does. That's not integrity. So, And by the way, Bob McKenzie saying, whom I love, obviously, he's been on this show. NHL not firing him. No, they're not firing Tim Peel. They're, he's just not going to ref any more games. He's going to continue to be paid, and he's going to get his pension. But no, he's not fired. Come on, you guys. How stupid do you think we are? You're going to suspend him until he's retiring. My God. And I don't know if you saw the panel with Duffy and uh, who did he have on? Noodles? No, Mike Johnston. Mike Johnston said if this wasn't a guy that was a month away from retiring... They wouldn't have fired him. That's Mike Johnston. So a lot of people think this was a knee-jerk reaction. I'm spending more time on this than I wanted. Easy way out. But is it that easy? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the short-term easy way out. Exactly. Long-term, I think it's, a, it's created a bigger problem for the National Hockey League. A uh, few more. Oh, uh, moving on. Our fourth quick six show topic. Dub Hub stuff. Last night in the Western Hockey League Hub Center here in the sweatpants capital, Brandon spanked the Moose Jaw Warriors 8-2. The Broncos, Swift Current, I thought was going to upset your blades, but they didn't. Nope. It went to overtime, and Tristan Robbins scored the winner. I'm just going to point that out. Blades won 6-5 in overtime. They remain the top team out here. And Everett, blank Tri-City, 3-0. And Dustin Wolf, maybe he's the savior the Calgary Flames need, Dustin Wolf. It's looking that way. Three straight shutouts to open the season for Dustin Wolf, goaltender of the Everett Silvertips. He's clearly better than the play of caliber of this league. More fuel to the fire that the American Hockey League should be allowed to keep underage players. Sometimes the kids are ready. He appears ready. Uh, The fifth point. Cody Fajardo, the heartthrob Cody Fajardo, my favorite Canadian Football League player as quarterback of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, telling a Nevada uh, newspaper, because he's living in Reno right now, that he's been told, got an email from the Riders, to be ready to report until May, report May 10th for the start of training camp. That came out yesterday. And then I see Farhan Lalji from TSN saying, no, training camps aren't going to open until August. We're over a year into this thing, and the CFL can't get its ducks in a row. What am I missing? Can we get one consistent message? Can somebody stand up and say, this is what we're doing. This is where we're going. And if you don't like it, there's the door. Or does nobody actually know? Because that's what I'm starting to think. Yeah, I don't think you know people really know. <clears throat> I think it's like, look at... They're trying to start it on time, so this is when you need to be ready by if they're going to start on time, if this proposal goes through. But talking to players you know, and listening to them, if you're, if you're close to your, your city, you maybe need a month. If you're in the States, we're talking seven, eight weeks notice you need before training camp. Get your things in order of course. to quarantine. Seven, eight weeks. So whenever you get an announcement, expect so start looking at these dates objectively. We're inside two months. Look at March thirteenth, May thirteenth. Go back seven or eight weeks. We're we're past that already. Okay, four viewer comments, and then we'll break and bring in Dave Poulin from Little Tokyo, watching on YouTube. He says, "I'd like to be a CFL ambassador because I already spread the sheer awesomeness of the three down game here in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm an Eskimo fan, just to let you people know." Are you joking? Oh, dropped in a quick you people. <laughs> I know. You know that they're not called Eskimos anymore, right? And by the way, the song where they say, and folks dressed up like Eskimos. Are they going to cancel that song? They'd better. Uh, Ryan McCarthy in Albany, New York says the CFL is putting fans in a glass of emotions. A glass case of emotions. Well, that's nothing new there. And from Trenton, Norway, where it's currently 6.18 p.m. Norway calling. Surprised about the Alberta and BC Junior Hockey Leagues. Time will tell what happens there. Where the Can you read the rest of it? It went off the screen on me. Time will tell what happens there. Kyle Lowry should be a Raptors Hall of Famer, regardless of trade or not. Regardless of the CFL situation, we need football. Stay well, everyone. 
More football talk later, but we got Dave Poole and Bruins, Flyers, and now TSN Great coming up. It's the RP Show you're watching on uh, Game Plus TV Network, and this has been the uh, warm-up 4-4 season sports palace. You're home for Regina Pats hockey. We got the Pats and the Raiders at 4 p.m. We'll be calling it on Access Now TV. Also, YouTube and Facebook Live and 24-hour sports talk streaming at rodpeterson.com. Listen live. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Podcast listeners, RP here to talk about Manscaped. Moose DuPont's with me as well. Moose, ask me about the Lawnmower 3.0. Rod, tell me about the Lawnmower. Okay, 3.0? The Lawnmower 3.0. Listen, I've had this thing for what now? A month, maybe five weeks. Guys, I'm telling you, we've been doing it wrong. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about it. And you're just like me. You've been using big clunky razors. You've been using extension cords. You've been awkwardly maneuvering yourself over the toilet bowl or the sink. How about a battery-operated Small, handheld, with a headlight. So you see where you're going. Oh, my god! To sort of get those nooks and crannies. You know what I'm saying? No chafing. <laughs> well, I'm getting to that. But I'm telling you, it gets to the nooks and crannies that your regular facial shaver or a, a clipper doesn't get to. This guy, this guy, the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0, was specifically designed for men. Okay, a lot of thought went into this. Don't just willy-nilly, you're willy. <laughs> Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. Any other questions? I got to try it. I'm sold. <laughs> I still haven't tried it. All I've been able to do is listen to your testimonial. Okay, so right now, you guys, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. All one word, FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use promo code FANSIDED20. Hey, honey, can you get one of the kids to show me how this Twitter thing works? Honey, I need to get on Instagram. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. It is. Welcome back to the big program, everybody. It's writing down tonight's NHL games. There's some juicy ones. Canada's team, the Vegas Golden Knights at the Colorado Avalanche. It is a battle of division leaders in the Rockies. Uh, Dave Poulin joins us from TSN. There's a lot of games that we could talk about with him. Hey, Pooley, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. Good to be back with you. It is good. Good to chat hockey. Absolutely now, great. Every time I go by Four Mile Road, I think of you every time, by the way. So congratulations. <laughs> um, that created quite a <laughs> stir great. around here, too, by the way. Dave, I, if you've commented on the Tim Peel, Peel situation, I haven't seen it yet. Would you mind giving me your thoughts on the firing slash suspension of the veteran referee? Uh, really, really unfortunate. I'm immersed in it. I can't get away from it. And I think, you know, a lot of people are reaching out to me, like referees are, former referees, because I had a great relationship with a number of them. And I've seen a number of them as of late. And, you know, it's just, it's really a, a lousy way to go out for Tim Peel. It really is. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure whether you knew this part, but he actually, I think, was set to retire last year. And then, they talked him into coming back to help with the young guys because their group was young and the whole game management part of it. I mean, come on, like that's, that's new, you know? And are, are you familiar with scouting the refs.com, the website? I've heard of it. I don't go to it, but I've heard of it. Yeah. Okay. You, you, you should go to it. You should go to it. It's a fascinating website. I go to it before every game that I'm broadcasting 
and it gives you the details on every referee and lines. But when I say details, it gives you the percent of penalties they call on the home team, what each team's record is with that referee, how they break down. And so when you look at it and you say, okay, he calls 48% of the penalties on the home team, he calls 49%, he calls 48%, he calls 49%, he calls 50%. There's no 20% in there. There's no 30% in there. I mean, they call, they call the game pretty closely. But I would argue that that's very often not the referees. That's, that's the players. And the players dictate the way the game is played because of the way the referee starts refing the game. And I knew going into a game what a Kerry Fraser game looked like. I knew what an Andy Van Helman game looked like. I mean, yes, maybe I paid a little more attention because I was a captain, but I, I knew what Billy McCreary was going to ref a game like. But so did we as a team. And we wanted consistency from start to finish in the game. And we wanted consistency from game to game with those guys. You know, Ron Fournier was different from Danny Morrell. They, they were all different. But you knew what you were going to get. And maybe you played accordingly. And you knew going in, if Andy Van Helmer was going to let you get away with a little more, you were going to try a little more. But if you knew that somebody else was absolutely not going to, you didn't try it. And so... This has all been, I've got so many thoughts running through my head on this one. I hate to see the way Tim Peel's career is ending. He should get the last game with, you know, his favorite co-referee and the favorite linesman, that little tradition they've built of doing and how to gracefully let these guys exit the game. But, you know, what he said was very unfortunate. And I, I sort of have a theory on that too, Rod. I think he said that to one of the two young linesmen in the game. So another benefit of going to this website is, you know, it gives you each person's experience. Well, the two linesmen refing that game, Kelly Sutherland was the other, the other ref, and you know he's another twelve, thirteen hundred game guy. But the two linesmen were both really young kids. I think one had twenty five games and one had a little over hundred games. And I think when he called that penalty, he skated by the other linesman. If you watch, and said what he did sort of to fill him in on that because you heard a response yeah i got it and maybe he was already defending his own call to himself like boy that was a soft call <laughs> and you know th so there's so many factors that come into play here but the bottom line is the way it was handled the way it ended yeah come on i mean what uh, well i know and it, th uh, th this is amazing by the way i don't know if everybody else is enjoying it but i sure am so that's all that matters and i think you are too but i mean our technical producer, Ryan, said yesterday, if there's a crowd on the rink, nobody even hears this. Another thing that COVID's done. You know what yeah, I mean? Right. It, it, would have, it would have drowned out what the referee was saying. But Lauren Mulliken, when he was coaching the Pats, used to have me track which refs called which minors because it was mm -hmm. a four-man system then. So if it was Darren DuPont and he called a lot of stick infractions, Lauren's like, watch the sticks tonight, guys, because you know this ref's going to call it. Like, it's not freaking new. And are we supposed to pretend nope. that makeup calls haven't been around for 100 years. That's what I've been saying for 24 hours. How does the NHL conduct itself moving forward, Dave? That's my question here. Well, let me interject one thing here. Is it a makeup call because of a call you've made? Or is it because of a call the guy at the other end has made? Because now you're dealing with two reps. And so are you compensating now? It's a two-man team. And are you compensating for a call that maybe you made? Because I watched there had been one call up to that point in that game. It was the other referee that made the call. And it was on a Detroit player. 
and it was on a, a Nashville player driving the net who was the same player who was called by Tim Peel. So, and, and I'll tell you one thing, another point here, and you got me going on these guys, <laughs> I'll tell you what, but, but you have to have relationships with these guys. And the day they took the names off the, off the referee sweaters, I was like, well, they have names, they have personalities. Now they're anonymous because they don't have names on their, on their jerseys. And we were at a golf tournament and somebody asked, I was standing in the area and somebody asked Billy McCreary about me as a player and how I was to deal with. And he said, ah, oh, he drove me nuts. He said, because I would call a penalty on the flyers and he'd skate up beside me and the crowd would be going crazy. And he wouldn't really look at me and he'd kind of be smiling and he'd be taking some tape off his stick and he'd be just giving it to me. And he'd be calling me every name in the book, but he did it with a smile on his face and he really wasn't looking at me. So I couldn't give him a penalty. <laughs> and he said it was such an effective way of communicating. And we had a relationship and we yeah. knew it, you know, and you were allowed to have relationships. And why is Wes McCauley considered one of the best referees? Because he's got a personality and everybody knows his name and he's got relationships with the players. You can see it. Oh, yeah, exactly. Well, and that you get to have relationships, good relationships and bad relationships. But I remember when they first no brought in the four game or sorry, the four person crew, I was coaching the Regina Pats in an intra squad game. They had just started this. And I said to the guy at the red line, I said, you just missed this infraction. He goes, well, not my responsibility. It's that ref's call. And I'm like, what do you, <laughs> here we go. Right. Here we go. Here You're going to blame go. it on the other guy. I'm pretty sure you're responsible for everything on the ice. But anyways, that's, you know, and I know yeah. some of my guys have said, call the rule book the way it is. Some of, you know, the, my fellow TSN guys have said, call the rule book the way it is. Well, that's fine. You and I are the refs tonight. How do you see a hook versus how I see a hook? <laughs> like calling the rule book the way it is, isn't as simple as that. It's simply, it, it's just not. You know, a trip inside, you know, did he really trip? Did he toe pick? How much was the stick involved? If a penalty ranges from one to five, and both of us call every four and five, you call the threes, I call some of the threes, I never call the twos and ones, you call some of the threes and some of the twos, you, you know, I mean, boy, there's so much subjectivity in it. It's not a robot making the calls. No, but we can agree they do an outstanding job. And it's of an outstanding job. Yeah, they do. That's what's kind of been lost in this too, Dave. They, these are the best referees in the world. No question. No question. They're really good at what they do. We moving on? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I know. I get, you know what? I got so many thoughts going through my head on this one because, because it is an incredibly hard job. And it's so important. And people get fired because of calls that are made. You know, you know, there might be two bad calls against a team and the coach gets fired. You know, you're like, okay, well, they were bad calls. Is that are you allowed to say that to you're the general manager that just fired you? So uh um, they're they're a necessary part of the game, they're a fabric of the game, they always will be. And uh where does the league go from there? I think was a question you were starting to ask me when I interrupted you again because this, no, it's is, fine. <laughs> this is yeah. a passionate subject for me. Um, yes, try and tighten everything up. Yes, you know, and, and, and really have them keep doing what they're doing. I mean, it's, it's their boss, it's their leader that they take their instructions from and you keep grinding it down and, and keep going and try and get better just like the yeah. players are. Uh, but my, uh, 
I got a million thoughts too. My point is that the makeup call's been around for a hundred years. So what are we going to stop oh, calling it? Please. Are we going to stop calling Not it? Not a chance. Is, is that what we're? Not no, you can't change what's baked into it. And they're talking about betting and that this influences the outcome of games. No, it doesn't. It's never influenced the outcome of games. Mm-hmm. Everybody's fine with makeup calls. We all we know when you're getting a when we're getting one, we're getting one. We're old one. Whatever. It, it, you know, we don't fight it. Enough of that, because I'm getting worked up, and I think you are too. What's burning in my <laughs> What's burning in my mind? And I hope this isn't an unfair question, but I had the Flames pick number one in Canada this year, and look where they are. And I'm just thinking, are they the most disappointing team in the NHL? We kind of knew Buffalo was going to be bad. We knew Detroit was going to be bad. Mm-hmm. Everybody had Ottawa pick for seven, but this Flames thing doesn't compute to me. I had them picked at five. I didn't see it, or or maybe I did see it. Maybe I saw it yeah. ahead of it. Something doesn't work up front there. Something just doesn't work. I mean, they've changed out their D. Um, they brought in the new goaltender. And sometimes when you bring in a new goaltender like that, you know, the core group says, well, there's so much fuss about our goaltending, and, and now we've got Jacob Markstrom. So if they went out and spent that much money on a goaltender and it was that important to them, it really wasn't us. It was the goaltending that was the issue. And, you know, they brought a better goaltender in. It hasn't cured all. There's something that doesn't work with that mix up front. And and it's not, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work with the combination they have. And, and you know, and they thought they've, they've changed all around it. But they haven't changed it. And I guess you could say, well, they made, you know, the Elias Linz or uh, Elias Linz. Um, Lindholm. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Lindholm, yeah, I've got uh, Pedersen in my mind. Um, they made that move, and that's a significant move. But but they've played for five coaches now. And even when they made the coaching change, I'm not a fan of in-season coaching changes because I think it lets the players off the hook. And that may sound funny coming from a former player, but I didn't want to let teammates off the hook either and have someone say, oh, thank God they've got a new coach in here because it's not our fault. Um, you know, and, and that's the same thing I'm saying about the goaltender is, well, they changed the goaltender because they know it wasn't our fault. Well, it's someone's fault. And five coaches they've played for. And think of the personalities from Bob Hartley. I mean, and, and you know, you, you think of rolling through the personalities, Bill Peters and and Jeff, Jeff Ward, Ward. Most recently, and, of course, and, yeah. You know, yeah. And so you've had different personalities. That's not the point. Um, Gullitson was in there as well. And so you've had these different personalities. Hasn't worked. Hasn't worked. So so change is obviously brewing. But I did have them fifth. And for me, Rod, it came down to Edmonton and Calgary. I thought were going to be four or five. And I chose the two superstars over the new goaltender. That's how I made my final decision. I still think Montreal is going to be okay. Um, two weeks ago or three weeks ago, if you said there'd be three teams sitting with 42 points right now, we would have said, really? How did that happen? You know, Toronto, wasn't Toronto 10 points ahead at one point or, you know, and, and Edmonton looked like they were imploding when Toronto went through there. And maybe that was their wake-up call. And Montreal, I still think, is going to be fine, although they haven't won two games in a row since, I think, the 2nd of February. Now they've got a whole different thing to, to deal with with this, you know, COVID, yeah. compaction of the schedule that they'll have because they're going to be really, really compressed through this stretch now. Um, well, then, if But I think they true, might have the depth to get through. If that's true, then the Flames, Canucks, and Sens all miss the playoffs, and whoo, 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 
<laughs> Wait and see where, how that goes over in, in those markets. We got a roll, Pooley. Love the chat as always. We're watching all the time. Thanks for this and uh, enjoy the games tonight. Always a pleasure. Enjoy your day. Thanks, bud. TSN's Dave Poulin joining us from Toronto. Before we break, curling report for Verge Agriculture. John Morris and Danielle Schmeeman will face Brad Gushu and Kerry Anerson in this afternoon's semifinal in Calgary. The winner advances to the evening final against Colton Lott and Kadriana Sahedic for the championship. Lott and Sahedic of Selkirk, Manitoba, took the direct route to the final by edging Morris and Schmeeman 7-6 in Wednesday's page playoff between the two top seeds. Einerson and Gushu eliminated 2018 champions Laura Walker and Kirk Myers 8-6 in the playoff between the third and fourth seeds. Lott and Sahedic were national mixed doubles runners-up in 2018 and bronze medalists in 2019. The duo has clinched a berth in the next Olympic mixed doubles trials as the top team in Calgary not already qualified. Anderson and Gushu with a combined five Canadian team titles between them are playing mixed doubles together for the first time. The three teams still in contention in a field of 35 also learned Wednesday when and where they would wear the Maple Leaf at the World Championship if they win the Canadian title today. The World Curling Federation announced there will be a World Mixed Doubles Championship in May in Aberdeen, Scotland. The Curling Report is brought to you by our friends at Verge Agriculture, helping farmers plan and optimize their operations across every field. Try Verge's Precision Farm Tech software free today at vergeag.com. And I'm very excited to be on Verge Ag's podcast that we're taping this afternoon. Follow our social channels. There's Verge Agro on Twitter for details. We'll be talking about the importance of mental health in the agriculture business. We'll be right back. It's the RP Show on Game Plus TV Network, YouTube and Facebook Live, and 24-hour sports talk for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Listen live. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now, back to the studio with Rob. And uh, Moose DuPont's here. It took a full four minutes for them to fix his microphone. Or, yeah, your microphone. Fixed, though. You ruined it. You didn't even talk for ten minutes. No. Hey, people are wired and upset today in a variety of ways. People are excited. Scoop broken by this show last night and added on to this morning. The BC Hockey League reportedly leaving Hockey Canada, leaving the Canadian Junior Hockey League and forming their own league. And this morning, I've reported four teams in the Alberta Junior Hockey League going with them. Reportedly, Brooks, Okotoks, Spruce Grove, and Grand Prairie to form their own Super League. And I see everybody saying, what would be the point? Why are they doing this? Listen, ask those leagues, ask those teams. I'm just reporting what's going down. Furthermore, I said CFL players don't want to hear the truth of what's going on in the Canadian Football League right now. The 20% proposed pay cuts has been offered to the players. Now they need to decide whether they want to take it or not. I've said twice yesterday, I watched the clips, this is what it is. You either need to accept it or move on with your life. Tony Washington of the Alouettes has written us, Darren, on Twitter and says, buddy, players took 20 to 30% pay cuts. Now they propose another 20%? If I'm a guy in the middle making 150, that's literally almost half my salary. Then after taxes or conversion, that's a minimum wage job. And I'm supposed to get my head beat in for 18 weeks for a Walmart job pay? 
Yeah. That's what I'm telling you. And you know yourself that some guys will. So when I say the players don't want to hear the truth, this is the truth. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm tired of being shot as the messenger here. You don't be you want to be mad? Vote no. And get your guys in the players association to vote no. Otherwise they're going to be playing with pay cuts and you're going to be disgruntled. I didn't say I liked it. I'd like to see the CFL go out and sell more sponsorships and helmet stickers like the NHL has or whatever it's going to take or get more out of the TV deal because the TSN, frankly, is laughing at them for the little amount that they pay versus the viewers that they get. I don't like it. You have a choice, Tony. Accept it or don't. But the, the, the... Am I beating my head against the wall here? Like, I'm on the player's side. But to squawk... And Beak on Twitter about what the owners are doing to you doesn't do any good. Vote no or go play and accept the terms. Or have I completely missed something here? No, you're right. But what's interesting is he talks about that you know, double pay cut. Some players haven't taken pay cuts, I'm sure. There's probably players that haven't taken pay cuts. And you know the league wants them to take a 20%. I think you should... Take into account some of these players who have taken big pay cuts. Wasn't Adam Big Hill one of them? Took like a hundred grand off his pay, like oh yeah, cut his check in half already. Enoch Mwamba. So there's guys like that should be look at these veterans who have already shown that they're going to play ball. They shouldn't be subject to further cuts. I get that, but <laughs> but they are. <laughs> but at the same time, <laughs> to complain about your bosses, who doesn't? Right. At the same time, yeah, we can't be romantic about the way it should be can only accept the way that it is, and then you choose how to proceed, right? And, you know, we talked about the product suffering if you don't have these good players in, and that's going to be the fault of the league. But in one year, they won't feel that hurt because if the league comes back, people will buy tickets, they'll be in the stands, they'll watch on TV if there's no fans. So you'll see it. That quality of the product, you won't feel that hurt for another year or two. And by that time, for these players, it'll be too late, but... It's tough, but you've got a decision to make. Just pointing out I, the back and forth with the players, I'm just saying to, to grumble on social media about the way you're being treated is not going to make a difference. That's, I don't see it making a difference. That's all. Sports update, a four-goal performance by Andrew Kopp lifted the Winnipeg Jets to a dominant 5-1 victory over the host Vancouver Canucks Wednesday. Rookie goalie Philip Gustafson made 28 saves, and Chris Tierney scored the winning goal as the Senators improved to 5-2 against the Flames this season with a 3-1 victory at CT Center. Sidney Crosby picked up his 13th goal of the season. Tristan Jari stopped 26 shots, and the Pittsburgh Penguins pushed Buffalo's winless streak to 15 games. And counting with a 5-2 victory. In the dub hub, Jake Chason had two goals and a helper, and Nate Danielson added a goal and two helpers as the Brandon Wheat Kings down the Moose Jaw Warriors 8-2 Wednesday night. Calder Anderson and Braden Yeager supplied the goals for the Warriors. Dustin Wolf stopped all 30 shots he faced for his third straight shutout to open the season, and the Everett Silvertips blank Tri-City for their third consecutive victory. And Tristan Robbins scored his second goal of the game, 29 seconds into overtime. And how do you say this kid's name? I said Sirkonic, but it's not right. Kyle Krinkovic. Krinkovic, thank you, had four assists. As Saskatoon, he raced a two-goal deficit in the final four minutes of the third to beat the Swift Current Broncos 
6-5. Bo Bichette hit two home runs, and Trent Thornton pitched three scoreless innings as the Toronto Blue Jays beat the New York Yankees 5-0 in preseason action on Wednesday. Bichette belted two solo shots, one in the second and another in the fifth innings, while Teoscar Hernandez added a two-run blast in the third. Spicy P scored 27 points, and the Toronto Raptors routed the Denver Broncos, uh, sorry, Denver Nuggets 135-111 in Tampa to break a nine-game losing skid. Toronto built a 24-point lead in the first half to win for the first time since February 26th. This sports update for Ballers, Rec Room, your home for Regina Pats hockey. Pats and Raiders today at 4 p.m. on their big screens. Visit them in the heart of the Dudney Strip. And for Red Bull Canada, Red Bull gives you wings. I'll be dipping into the Red Bull today. Is there some in the fridge? Oh, yeah. Because we have the, I have the podcast, I have to tape our access best of the week show right after this show, then that Verge Agriculture podcast, then we're calling it a hockey game. And I'm interviewing the owner of the Pats, Sean Semple, before all of that. I'm going to need some Red Bull. How about that? How about that? What I tell you, only for special occasions for me. Yeah. Red Bull. Yeah. That's Viewer takeover is next. It's the RP Show on Game Plus TV, Facebook and YouTube Live, and listen live for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Ask your opinions now. We won't victimize you unless you really deserve it. Now back to your host, Rod Peterson. And the whole crew. Breaking news this morning out of the NBA. The Toronto Raptors have dealt shooting guard Norman Powell to the Portland Trailblazers for Rodney Hood and Gary Trent Jr. I don't believe the Raptors have made this official, but it was first report, uh, reported by ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, the Woj. Again, Norman Powell gone to the Portland Trailblazers for guards Rodney Hood and Gary Trent Jr. This isn't going to mean much for the people that are listening live that they can't see the video, but Darren, you have the brand made. That's why I opened the show asking if you've branded anybody lately. He's addicted to Yellowstone, like many of us, where they brand their ranch hands on the Yellowstone Ranch. And you think that you should do the same thing. Although nobody's been branded in a while. Like Here? On, on the ranch. I'm in season three, and there hasn't been a, an actual brand laid on anybody in a while. Except, uh, um, what's the young Let's cowboy? Let's see the video. Name? Play the video. What's the young cowboy? He just got busted up in the rodeo. So Can you give a commentary? Of yeah, so my, my fabricator, it's my brother. Kind of looks like Casey. You know, he's got the long hair. There you go. <laughs> he's got the brand completed. That did look good. So that's pretty good, hey? Nice work, Clark. It, pretty good. So uh, you'll be first. Yeah, there are <laughs> joking. There is a lineup. It is uh, volunteer. We do have only a female in Saskatoon has volunteered to be branded with a DuPont media brand. I'm not even joking. No, you're not. Hi, Les. Hey. How you doing, bud? Good. You? Next hour, we'll have the voice of the Saskatoon Blades here in the booth to talk hockey. Dub Hub, my brother from another mother. So to the viewer takeover here. From the 552, says, being that I watch your show pretty much every day on Game Plus TV, I was shocked to see yourself and Phil Andrews bring up the passing of Ken Scoop McCabe, my father. Our family is very appreciative of the kind words. I've been a fan from day one, like the content, the way the show is put together. Keep up the good work. Thanks again. Well, we're big fans of Ken Scoop McCabe, and that's why we brought it up. And I thank Doug McCall for reminding us to. 
by the way. Uh, we lost a good man, and we don't have, they don't make him like that anymore. Scoop McCabe of the Indian Head Wolseley News. From Ray in the six, texting in, says, Hi, Rod Lowry is the greatest Raptor of all time. It's too bad if he can't retire as a Raptor, but it's the right thing to do to trade him now. It's pro sports, and it's time to rebuild. Don't you feel like these questions of who's the greatest ever are kind of subjective? They're very subjective. Because we're still voting for Vince Carter. But Ray in the six thinks it's Kyle Lowry. He's entitled to that. Absolutely. Devin in Regina says, the truth never has to answer questions. Keep up the great work telling it. Thank you. People don't like to hear the truth, Les. Did you know that? You heard that? I've known that after 42 years. years, They don't like to. No, I don't want to hear it. No. I'm having a back and forth with Tony Washington. He's upset that I've pointed out the truth. He's like, we know the truth. Then stop coming at me. You're in a bad situation. I'm just saying I'm not the bad guy. From Bob and Grand Prairie says, a BC division of the dub starts tomorrow. Go Rockets. Best franchise in the dub. Bob and Grand Prairie. Okay, we got it all to next hour, plus Bill Chow. Hang around. Stick around after this break, everybody. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You got to subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.